Hi friends, welcome to the Psyche Mental Wellbeing Podcast with me, your host, Hannah. On the show, I'm joined each episode by an amazing guest to have an honest conversation, share our real life experiences and tackle stigma and misconceptions around mental health along the way. We believe that everyone would benefit from focusing a little more on their mental well-being, and we're here to support you to do just that. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi, friends, and welcome back, and happy May. Um, where has the year gone? <laughs> it's, um, I don't know, it feels like it's going by. I don't know how we've, how we've got here, but we have got here. And I don't know about how you're feeling, how things are in the world where you are, but um, I think I said this last week, as soon as the sun comes out, it just, it feels like there is a, a bit of an uplift, a bit of difference uh, in mood and things feel more hopeful, I guess. Um, we're still sort of in our transition out of lockdown, more things are open and, you know, for me, I've, I've not really done much different kind of being back out I've I've seen a couple of friends for a walk and uh, a coffee outside which has been really nice and and I think um I guess pre all of this (laughs) things that you maybe take for granted actually when you're not able to um to have them you really appreciate the more I think when when you can have uh, those moments Today I'm recording this on Sunday, so t- this morning I went back in the gym, um, which was really good just to to kind of get moving, and um, it's something that I've, I've mentioned before, and I feel like a bit of a broken record <laughs> today, but it really does help with my mental health, um, and I think that's, for me, the big thing as an introvert, that in a lot of ways being at home suits me, but I think there's something about the um the things that make up how we see ourselves and and who we are and our identity and and not being able to do those not being able to have the connection not being able to do the things that sometimes can help us to manage our mental health um can be really difficult so um for me yeah I'm feeling pretty good today that some of those things are coming back and, and that things feel more hopeful and and so wherever you are however things are Uh, I hope that you are doing good and um, looking after yourself. And I think today is um, a great episode for thinking about ways that we can look after our own mental health. And we're thinking particularly about emotional fitness today. Um, So we're joined by Claire Davis. Um, Claire joined us for our suicide discussion panel last year. Um, so if you've listened to that, you will you will have heard Claire, and um, this is the the full episode where she she comes to talk about what she's been up to, and particularly emotional fitness, which is uh, the big thing that she talks about. And I really enjoyed this conversation, and I really hope that you get a lot from it, a lot of ideas of things that can help you with your own emotional fitness and mental health. So let's um, let's dive in to the conversation, shall we? Hi, everyone, and I'm really happy to welcome a familiar face back to the podcast for a long-awaited solo conversation. So, Claire, welcome back, and if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me, Hannah. Um, So I'm Claire Davis, and I run a company called Nova Associates, and my real passion 
is to help people with their emotional fitness in both schools and organisations. Um, and there's, there's quite a personal reason as to why I'm so passionate about mental health in the workplace, um, especially in schools and organisations. And it's probably because um, I grew up, some people might say in quite, you know, a fortunate way. Um, I had a, a very, very demanding dad, very, very demanding dad. I grew up in a family of seven children. My parents had um, seven children in 10 years. And my dad was very, very ambitious and people called him a workaholic. But I had never, ever experienced a trauma. I never experienced a trauma until probably about 2007. And then my life experienced a lot of traumas. So prior to that, you know, it was a demanding household in that my dad went back to university when my mum was pregnant with the fourth child. She was then pregnant with the seventh at the the graduation. We worked hard as kids. We were on a small holding just outside of Sydney and he had us getting up early, feeding the cows. He studied medicine at university while running a business. Um, he was a pharmacist as well. And um, at the ripe old age of 13, we were also working at the doctor's surgery after school. And we thought it was really demanding, but it wasn't until I experienced trauma that I realised how hard it was. And in 2007, my brother died suddenly Then I moved my small family back to Australia um, and that was with two children. I was pregnant with a third. Eight months later, our house burnt down. A week after that, I got diagnosed with a cancerous melanoma and a week after that, my son went missing, my four-year-old son on a massive 100-acre property for about five hours. And then my father died amongst having my fourth child. And we brought our family back to the UK. And that was when I had experienced loss and trauma. And it's not until you have those emotions that you realise that you really need to look after your emotional fitness. We need to look after our emotions. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do in the workplace to help others. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's always really interesting to hear kind of where people have come from, the experiences they've been through and how that's led to the passions that that they're following. Um, and it's really interesting. We talk about mental wellness, mental well-being on the podcast and you talk about emotional fitness. So I'd really love to know what emotional fitness is all about. Well, it's, it's a phrase that I came up, I heard of actually, when I was... Um, training up to be a mental health first aid instructor. So I had been training for over 20 years and I'd been finding that my, my passion is middle managers. And the reason is because I became a middle manager because like most middle managers, you become a middle manager because you're good at your job. You know all the technical side, but then you need to manage people. Nobody helps you with that. And I had that horrible boss, that boss who pushed and pushed and pushed us and we were squeezed in the middle and nobody looked after us. Nobody looked after our mental health. And this was back in the 90s. Luckily, I was, I was at a really good stage of my life. I was in a new relationship, you know, in love, living in London, loving the London life. So I was exhausted. I was burnt out. But my, my mental health was fine. So I, I trained middle managers. And then I found that um, a lot of the time when I was training, everyone said, well, what about mental health? So I trained up to be a mental health first aid instructor through Mental Health First Aid England. And 
while delivering that and starting to meet people and train with other trainers on that, um, I came across the phrase emotional fitness. And I said, that is spot on. That's spot on because we look after our physical fitness to get healthier and we need to exercise and we need to eat healthily for that. But what about our emotional fitness? And this was after all my traumas. And I thought, if I had known about emotional fitness at that time, I would have looked after myself every day. So what emotional fitness is, what can we do every day to look after our emotions? What positive things can we do every day? So it's those top-ups, those routine activities. What can we bring into our life? every day so that our emotions aren't on this roller coaster or I'm calling it a corona coaster at the moment so our emotions are more even and we're on top of our emotions yeah awesome yeah it's something it's always funny isn't it that we we think about health but we think pretty much exclusively about the physical health we forget the mental the emotional which is why mental health is its own kind of category even though mind and body are so, so linked. Um, But yeah, you know, we think about our fitness, we invest in our fitness, not everyone, but a lot of people, but for our emotions, not so much. Yeah. And we should be focusing on them. And so one thing I've realized, it's really come to light and me delivering these workshops has really helped is that I really can spot the signs of when my emotions aren't quite right. Mm -hmm. I can see when they aren't. I realise physically what's happening to my body, emotionally what's happening to my body and what I do behaviourally. And so now I'm on top of it. When I spot those signs early, I, I know what bucket to go into, what to pick out and what activities mm-hmm. to do that are going to really help me with my emotions. Yeah, that's amazing. And and obviously this will be unique to you and you've learnt your own uh tuning into your own signals um but I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that process um so that we can for ourselves sort of think about oh what what's going on for me is it similar is it not yeah so for me the signals for me are I, I need sleep I do need good amount of sleep so the signals for me are I can hear it in my voice if I'm getting tired so it's I'm getting probably a little bit tired now but for me the biggest physical signals are the knots in my neck my hips get really, really tight. So emotionally, I cry or I yell at my children. And behaviorally, my feet don't touch the ground. So I'm on this whirlwind trying to do a thousand things at once and thinking of a thousand things at once. So for all of it, it's different. So what physically happens to your body? For some people, a friend of mine, she pulls her, her, her hair out. So that's a behaviour and physical. Her hair all falls out. Another friend gets eczema. Mm. Um, behaviourally, I know a lot of people who eat emotionally or who don't eat emotionally. And, um, you know, emotionally, it's that can be that short fuse, you know, that snapping, that yelling or that going into your shell and not saying anything. So for everybody, it's very, very different. So it's tuning in and recognizing what is happening to you emotionally yeah I think I'm definitely a kind of a a sulky grump 
when I'm a bit frazzled. My mum used to call us sulky stainers. So I tend to do that. Um, but also what I've noticed, and it's gone at the moment, so I'm obviously feeling quite on top, quite emotionally fit right now, um, is that my asthma gets aggravated. And it's partly where I've been comfort eating, which is another thing I do of things that my body isn't a fan of, but it also is quite stress related. So I get a real asthmatic, wheezy cough. Um, and it's completely not completely but like I'd say about 70 or 80 percent stress yeah Uh, yeah very very interesting so we're all different so if we can spot the signs in ourselves but also what's really important that I've found especially in lockdown because we are so living in each other's pockets some of us and um so so I'll give an example my 17 year old son I was just thinking he was being a narky teenager, but it's when he's stressed. So what happens to him is he has a short fuse. He will snap at me and mum is his biggest enemy. <laughs> um, whereas before I'd be like, you're just being a rude teenager, so I'll then get aggravated and he'll get aggravated more. And blah, 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 blah. But now I notice I'm just going to leave him alone because he's not feeling on top of things. He's feeling pressured. He's missing his mates. He needs to be at school. It's really, really difficult. Yeah. And I guess that if you're more aware of your own signs and what happens, then by extension, you become more aware of the people around you and then maybe a little bit more um, forgiving or understanding when people might snap or or whatever's going on. Yeah. And that's the um, the word forgiving. Two words, actually, and understanding. So for me. I would react to my son previously, but now I've realised that's the way he's trying to cope, the poor thing. You know, everyone's going through difficult times. So for yeah. him, it's uh, it's recognising the signs of the people you're close to as well. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I'd love to hear more about the work that you do with schools and organisations um, around, around this topic. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm so fortunate that everything's gone into place, actually. So I'm going to give you some examples of schools at the moment because I'm loving working with schools. So one example is a a junior school in Bristol, and they're happy for me to use their name. They're called Broomhill Junior School. Um, I've written a book called Emotional Fitness, funnily enough, A to Z for Positive Mental Health. So it's a very practical book, an activity book, and it's a book that you can dip in and out of. Um, and just do activities for your positive mental health. So Broomhill Junior have um, bought a copy for every student and every teacher. And once a week, every week, I mean, not once a week, every week they focus on one of the chapters and they bring it into every part of their curriculum, which I'm so excited about. So they bring that chapter into their English lessons, their maths lessons, everything. It's their theme for the week. And the teachers are working on it as well as the kids. That all of the activities don't suit all age groups. So the kids, the teachers are adapting the activities for the children and bringing in more activities. So I went in, gave a talk to the teachers on how to use this. How are we going to use this for positive mental health, for emotional Mm -hmm. fitness? Um, So that was fantastic, giving the talk and the book. I've also, um, so that's schools. That's an example. Secondary schools, I bought the book. Um, and are using it in tutor groups. Um, But something else that schools are using is my HINT program, which is on YouTube. It's a 21-day program. HINT stands for High Intensity Neural Training. 
And it's all about every day for 21 days to do a positive activity for our positive mental health, for our emotional fitness. Um, they're fun activities that we've got themes throughout. You can write in my book or you can use a journal in the HIMP program. So that's powerful. So that's basically schools um, and then giving other talks to staff and students on. We gave a talk to a secondary school the other day on what is emotional fitness. I'm giving a, a workshop to um, a whole collaboration of schools to all the, the teachers on um, bringing positive mental health into your life. Um, so that that's schools, basically. Organisations, I work with all different sized organisations. So I can go in and I can train the mental health first aid certificate, which is a two-day course. But one thing that I'm loving at the moment is a two-hour workshop that I'm doing virtually um, all about managing your stress for positive mental health. So we go through discussing really strategically, how can we help ourselves? How can we help our teams? How can we work together? What can we do in the moment when we're stressed, as well as what can we do for preventative measures? Um, another two-hour workshop I do is on spotting signs of different mental health concerns, and as well as that, um, a four-hour workshop, a practical workshop, really about having those conversations, really opening them up. What do I say to open them up? How do I listen? But also, how do I let go? Mm. So a lot of organisations, what I do is I adapt courses, what their needs are. I have very, very thorough method, find out exactly what the needs are, and I will adapt the courses and workshops for them. Um, the other thing that is part of my package really is my, my podcast on YouTube, which is all about spotting the signs and having the conversations of different mental health concerns. So I incorporate parts of my YouTubes because they're 10 to 15 minutes um, into my training, but also um, the podcast is there for people to listen to as well. So I absolutely love the work I do. Um, I love the fact that I'm helping people communicate. I'm helping managers. I'm helping team leaders, I'm helping people, the teams themselves, think about how do I bring positive mental health into my life every day? Um, and it's really, really specifically for people to realise we need to look after ourselves. And we can get all the help we can, which is great, but we need to recognise we need that help. And how do we take control? How do we manage a positive mental health. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fantastic because I think it's that, I guess that preventative stuff that might have been too many titters in the middle of that Pre <laughs> preventative stuff um, so that we're not suddenly in that stressful situation and like, ha, ah, how do I cope? We've got yeah. that, that um, the reserves yeah. there, I guess, yeah. to be able to respond and, and deal with it. But I, I think also the work you're doing with organisations, and I've also been in a, a work situation, um, a toxic work situation, which was not good for my mental health. So I've kind of been in the receiving end of that. And I think, you know, on the show, we're primarily focused on the kind of individual and what we can do for ourselves. But if you're in that environment that is just not supportive and not great for your mental mm -hmm. health, that's so difficult. So I think it's amazing there are people like you who are actually getting into those organizations and training and, and supporting them to be more supportive places where managers know how to 
communicate and support their staff and staff know how to kind of do it so I think it's fab yeah so definitely definitely and a lot of um, organizations are buying my book as part of a care plan for their their um, teams Mm. as well which is fantastic so they're they're working on positivity in the workplace which is so so important yeah yeah and I guess at the moment it's um you know, it's, it's a difficult time, isn't it, where we've got lots of teams who may be close-knit supportive teams. Now we're at a distance that it's, there's a lot of extra pressures at the moment. Are you finding in your work that, that Corona is adding a whole extra dimension to what people are struggling with? Oh, definitely. We're all under pressure of different levels. You know, every household is for different reasons. So it might be that we're homeschooling as well as juggling work. It might be Um, because we're worried about our elderly relatives. It might be because we are elderly relatives. Um, It might be because we're suffering from a condition that if we did get corona, um, you know, that condition would be Mm. very detrimental. Teenagers are going through a really hard time. University students are. It's not the same experience. They're missing out on things they've been looking forward to since they were little and they've heard about since they were little. my and my boys are really missing their friends. My daughter's starting an apprenticeship in London and she's not going into the office and so not meeting people face to face. It's really tough for everybody on all different levels. And if we can just help each other mm-hmm. and understand that we're all experiencing different pressures, you know, some of us are living in small flats so we can't get out. Other people are lucky enough to be living in wide open spaces. Some people are living. I spoke to a lovely lady that I do work with the other day, and she said, my flatmate's driving me barmy. We've been best friends for years, but we are driving each other barmy. Well, Mm. of course you are. (laughs) You know, so what can we do to help each other? What can we do to help ourselves and show empathy and compassion for other people's situations? Yeah. And maybe it comes back to that understanding and forgiving again. And, yeah, you know, just um, there's something I like to talk about. It's just having a little bit of kindness to ourselves, to others as well. And just yeah, I think if you start from that place of, of trying to understand and trying to yeah. not being, whoo, everything's always amazing. But um, oh, but oh. starting from it, like thinking the best or giving think people the benefit of the doubt, that kind of thing. To be honest, that helps my emotional fitness <laughs> to have that perspective. Um, and I've got actually, I've got your book here. Whoop. Oh, um, thank you! That was exciting. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I was um, before we came on, I was having a flick through. I was looking at the pets and thinking, go stroke my pet in a minute. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the joy of pets. I mean, he is quite grumpy, and that's not just because of. Well, it's partly because of COVID, actually, because we're interrupting his way he likes it you know he likes to nap and now we're in his space and he's grumpy about that so even (laughs) even pets are affected but um no I love it because um the book as you said it's got uh some of the science which I love because I'm a science geek and I like to know why things work or the the evidence but um it's just it's it's really nice to look at it's very visually pleasing with the um the images and the activity so it's like a book and a resource you know, so yeah, definitely. And and a journal. I wrote it as a journal. People can colour it in if they want. A fantastic local company did all the illustrations. Hello Creative. So I'm going to do a yeah. shout out to them. But, you know, 
my big thing was that so many of these books that we read on mental health are all about the theory, 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 theory. Yeah, we need the theory. That's why I've written some of the science, but we don't need to be reading it all the time. I'm a practical trainer. I'm a practical person. So for me, it's how people bring this into their lives every day. And that's why I wrote the book the way I did. Definitely. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. And absolutely, we'll link in the, the show notes to it so that people can find it. And I guess you, you mentioned your YouTube and the podcast in passing, but I wonder if we want to talk briefly about mental health chats and uh, what that's oh, all about. Oh, thank you. Um, so mental health chats is really interesting how it started, actually, because it was because a friend of mine from Australia, he was doing the Facebook challenge, 25-day challenge, 25 push-ups a day to raise an awareness of PTSD. And he's a real Australian country bloke, and he just started talking about mental health. And he started bringing statistics and all these interesting facts. And I got in contact with him, and I, I said to him, Benny, you know, we've got to do more of this. This is fantastic. And he goes, I've got a bit of a plan, Claire. So we just had a chat on what mental health first aid was for 10 minutes and put it on Facebook. And then people ask questions and we answer their questions. And I had so many people say, you've given me much better advice than I've ever had. You know, preventative measures are so important. I've never heard that term before. And you've got to put this on YouTube and podcast. So what we decided was that I would do different series. So I interview people from all over the world. The series at the moment on YouTube is on eating disorders. It's on podcasts as well. And we've done grieving. We've done suicide, stories of suicide. Um, we've done um, body image. Um, we've got anxiety. But it's not about people just telling their story. It's about giving people tools to spot the signs, but also how to help themselves and help those people around them. So from that, I was talking to my daughter, <laughs> telling her in the first lockdown, I was so excited about this YouTube and podcast. And she said, oh, that's a bit boring, mum. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, well, there's so many, so many things like that. But what she had been looking for was a practical activity, a program to bring positive mental health into her life. And she said, there are so many for exercise and so many for eating, but there's nothing for positive mental health. So we took ages in all the planning and structuring, et cetera. And we put together a 21 day program, which is on the YouTube called Hint, which I mentioned earlier, high intensity neural training. And the activities are just four to eight minutes. You can do them on your own, or you can do them with you know, friends or your kids or whatever. And it's all about thinking, journaling, reflecting. There are so many different exercises. Um, and it started on the 11th of January, so it finished on the 31st of January, and it's something that you can replay, find the one that was your favourite, redo it, um, because if we start to bring these activities into our lives for at least 21 days, we want to be developing some sort of habit. Yeah, awesome. And, um, yeah, so we're absolutely linked to um, all of that and Mental Health Chats. I've been on which was very exciting we talked about youth yes. mental health and actually some familiar faces from the podcast have been on or yeah. will be on so I know Anne Allen has been on yes Anne Allen was fantastic yeah uh, Cara, Cara Crossway um Shiggy. Shiggy yeah can I just mention Hannah yeah you've had the most views on yours has it 
Yours has had the most views on the YouTube. I'm not sure about the podcast. So well done, yeah. Anna. I loved all your tips and I'm going to be bringing that in with schools. What I do for schools as well, I send out a weekly email to schools. So if there's anyone who's involved in a school or a parent, mm. you're most welcome to get in contact with me, and, with me and ask to be on my email list. So every week I give little tips what we can be doing for our positive mental health so i will be doing one and featuring you in the newsletter oh awesome it's it's funny because um yeah i joined claire and i was talking about youth mental health and kind of my other hat because i don't tend to talk about that aspect Mm -hmm. of what i do and and stuff so much on the podcast i kind of this is more my personal kind of mental health experience but that's a big part of it so hey if you have any schools who want one-to-one support with young people that is right up my street let me know (laughs) you're in touch for sure yes (laughs) awesome see it's like networking going on (laughs) yeah well I think that's um you know it's it's this space that it's it's a great way of you know collaborating with people you know Anne came on and talked about loss and grief Mm -hmm. and that's that's her area of expertise and we have all these different life experiences we have all these different things that have an impact on our emotional and mental health and actually rather than trying to like oh I've got to figure everything out actually having that network of people who can just be like well this is my experience this is what I know and and sharing that I think is one of the amazing things about podcasting yeah yeah opening up those conversations that's why we started it it's to open up the conversations and help people realize they're not in this alone because the early intervention is so much better for the road to recovery yeah yeah absolutely uh claire do you have a final thought on emotional fitness or mental health first aid or anything like that before i ask you my set questions um final thought for me, it's thinking about, I love this, this saying, and it's one of the chapters in the book, actually, what are your top-ups? So what do you do for yourself every day instead of being on this treadmill all the time of this treadmill of I've got to do more, 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 more. What do you do to stop and top mm-hmm. yourself up? So for me, my top-ups are I meditate every day. I do my yoga Yoga, body balance, tai chi. It's well, yoga, Pilates, tai chi. It's body balance. Um, for me, I will have a bath. Not every day, but I'll have a bath. My husband and I have started going for a walk on our own on a Saturday morning and getting a takeaway coffee, mm. um, just so that we're spending time on our own, away from the house. Um, so, what do you do for your top up? Mm. That's my yeah. Point. So what do you do, Hannah? Yeah, I was just thinking that. And actually, I um, it's something that I'm, I have been quite sporadic with. But actually, this year, I've um, really committed to doing those top-ups for myself. And um, I've got a few things that I've been kind of making time for in January. So I've done yoga every morning and just... Yeah, so well. Actually, I, this is really funny. I used to be a lion person, right? And when I have a lion now... I end up doing my yoga later in the day and it like really like upsets my flow. And so I'm like, no, I've got to get, <laughs> so I've become more of a morning person, even at the weekend. So I, I do my yoga. I've been doing some meditating in the evening. 
Um, I also have been working my way through this book called Year of Wonder, which uh, someone's put together these pieces of classical music. And every evening, it's kind of one of the last things I do before I go and read in bed is I'll listen yeah. to the piece of music where I've got I've got a six minute journal, which is um, three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the evening. Yeah. So I'll do that with the music in the evening. Um, so it's just little things at the beginning and the end of the day to just kind of sit calm and connect so I didn't mention mine at the end of the day actually I do my gratitude diary before I go to sleep so for me some people do their gratitude diary in the morning to get them focused the day for me it's to relax and what even if I've had a really bad day which I still have my bad days I work out five to ten things yeah I think the six minute journal I really like it has three gratitude things in the morning um how you're going to make the day great like an affirmation and then there's a quote and then in the evening it's a good deed of the day and I have some days I'm like oh I don't feel like I've done anything (laughs) good I've not done anything (laughs) awful but I've just been like chilling and reading and watching tv and um but like a good deed um how you're gonna but that's your good deed for yourself maybe yeah oh see I don't do that maybe I have to think how would I do good for myself um then it's um how are you going to improve the next day? So it's kind of thinking forward. Yeah. And then it's three good things from the day. Yeah. So that's quite nice. So, so that's telling everyone a message that's listening. We all need to work out what works for us. Mm. So don't think, oh, no, I didn't do a gratitude diary, but Claire's saying she does one and it works. It doesn't work for you. Don't do it. You know, it's we're all different. So yeah. what works for you? What is going to bring emotional fitness into your life every day? Yeah, absolutely. And when we get to our set questions um, a bit later, you know, we always kind of talk on the show um, like this toolbox that will give lots of ideas, but we're very much about it's not a one size fits all. So you try them out and see. And um, I spoke to someone um, the other day for a, a special episode, actually, for Time to Talk Day, which by the time this comes out will have come out <laughs> and they yeah. said it's this idea you just kind of take what you need and leave the rest so you kind of take yeah. what works for you and the rest don't worry about it just because we're saying it works for us doesn't mean it works for you and yeah. that's cool that's definitely yeah. good yeah. well done yeah fab so I would love to know your thoughts on my set questions ask everyone and this is the the first actual interview of my new round so there's a new question I'm throwing in as well so you'll be the first person answering that Woo. <laughs> so (laughs) yeah it's not a hard question well I don't know it might be but um not that tricky but the first one these are the the kind of classics the first one is what brings you joy in your life what brings me joy is having a meal with all my kids and my husband and we all listening to each other laughing and enjoying each other's yeah it's lovely. I mean, it's something it just sounds so simple, but you know, having four kids and all different been lives. Plenty of meals that haven't been like that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something that it sounds simple, but probably yeah, in practice isn't. Um, awesome. So then the next one is what makes life meaningful for you? I'm gonna be really, really boring. So I do everything for my family. Mm. Everything's about giving my kids happiness, giving my kids a good life and watching them grow so I need to have a purpose I'm not one of those mums that can't have a purpose so my business really does as well but it's all for the children yeah awesome I don't think that's boring I think that's great (laughs) 
Oh, great. Um, and then the next two questions are around our kind of overarching topic on um, the podcast, which is about mental wellness, mental well-being. So the first one is what does mental wellness mean to you? Emotional fitness. There you go. <laughs> Ta-da! Ta-da! There you go. Yeah. Kind of what we've That's been talking it. about. That's it. That's what we've been talking about today. <laughs> or even emotions, not having your emotions all over the place, taking control, taking managing your emotions yeah yeah awesome and the follow-up is for yourself and again we've already talked about this already as well but for yourself how do you manage your own well-being how do you look after yeah. your own so well-being? every day every day I do my body balance which is a mixture between yoga pilates tai chi meditation as well I go for a walk every day as well I didn't mention that before I go for a walk every day and um, my gratitude diary then mm. at in the evening and then I do a couple of little extra top-ups, even if, you know, another one, if I don't have time for a bath, I will stand in the shower for an extra five minutes and just let the water go down my back. Mm. It's little top-ups to help me through the day. Yeah, awesome. So my next question is often a challenge uh, to people is, can you describe your own mindset? You know what? A lot of people do describe me as being a very, very positive person. So Benny, who I mentioned earlier, um, I introduced him to my 17-year-old on um, Zoom one day. And I said, oh, you know, this is a guy I went to uni with. And Benny went, you know what, Thomas, your mum's the most positive person I've ever met. And that was from when I was 18 to 22. And I went, really? (laughs) So yeah, you've always been positive players. So I think people would describe me as being positive. Mm. would you describe yourself as being positive though everybody has their bad days and I think we're tougher on ourselves than anybody else is so I think there are times where I don't feel like I'm positive but I try to look at the positive side Mm. of situations get a solution what can we learn from this yeah yeah fab then uh, this one of my favorite questions to ask um because I'm curious one of my values I used to say nosy still nosy but uh curious (laughs) and this is our um yeah that we've got this toolbox so we like to ask everyone that comes on just to give us some ideas of things that we could try that that maybe would be beneficial to us in our lives so do you have a top one to three tips of things that you'd recommend that we try my book (laughs) (laughs) my hint program (laughs) and top up yeah, yeah. <laughs> shameless plug there that was uh, really cheeky wasn't it <laughs> yeah but you know why not <laughs> but but yeah having those top-ups absolutely and so actually um we're about to get to the question where you can tell us about what you've got going on before we get that <laughs> my new question I'm asking people um you know, I've been talking recently about some of the books that I've been reading and things that I found really inspiring or empowering. So my new question to ask people is if there's a, a book or a TED talk or, or something that you found that really has had an impact that you would really recommend people check out, mm. apart my, from your own my, book. Yeah, <laughs> apart from my own. Um, my favourite TED talk of all times is one that a lot of people mention, so I will mention it, is Simon Sinek's Why. I think mm. it's powerful TED talk and I've watched it probably a thousand times and I get something different out of it every day Um, but the other one that I absolutely love is Amy Cuddy's Power Pose Mm. because what that's all about is 
so often we're feeling inside a certain way. So that will come across in our body language and what we say as well. So if we do power poses, it helps us feel better inside. So it's all integral. Mm. What's going on on the outside, what's going on on the inside, what's going on there, our speech. It's all integral. So I love that one as well. So doing power poses. Yeah, awesome. um, Our very first ever podcast episode, I talked about the power of why from the book, actually, which uh, someone had recommended. And I'd only read like the first two chapters when I recorded that episode. Um, But yeah, the Amy Cuddy video I, I second is amazing. And when I taught psychology and taught body language, we watched that talk. And one of my students, really shy, really anxious, she started doing this power posing. And it didn't kind of massively transform her life, but she felt more confident after doing it. I mean, I had another student, he was like, he was like the most powerful poses ever in the classroom. Anytime anytime he came in, you couldn't get a more powerful pose the way that he just presented in the classroom. And it was quite amazing. It just was like, I'm here and I'm powerful. Good on him. Good, on Good for him, yeah. Um, but yeah, I absolutely second that. And so then our final question, Claire, is where people can connect with you online, where they can find your um, your book and everything you've got going on, so if you can remind us of the details. Thank you. So I've got two websites. One of them is novaassociates.co.uk, and I've got all my information there of everything that I do. The other one is mentalhealthchats.co.uk. For both of them, if you want to receive any of my um, email newsletters, there's a subscribe thing that you can subscribe, a pop-up you can subscribe to, but all my contact details are on both of those, but I'm on all the social medias as well. Yeah, awesome. And then the book, uh, Emotional Fitness A to Z for Positive Mental Health, just reading because I've got it here. Uh (laughs) And that's um, on both the websites, other links to get that as well. Yeah, it's on Amazon, so just go straight to Amazon. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so we'll absolutely link in the show notes so people can can find you. They can connect with you on uh, social media as well. Claire, it was lovely to see you again on the podcast and catch up generally because it's been a while <laughs> since we've spoken. Yes, we're going to have to do this more often, have yeah. a chat more often, even if it's not a podcast. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today and to share your wisdom with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed talking to you, Hannah, and good luck to everybody out there. And I hope that you feel more settled, manage your emotions, and just, you know what, it is what it is. Let's just appreciate everything about what we've got. Yeah, awesome. Lovely. So massive thank you again to Claire and I got carried away at the beginning and forgot to thank our guests from last week. So massive, massive thank you to Padma and Sarah who joined us last week on the show. Um, Again, fab conversations. And as I mentioned, I I do have a copy of Claire's book and it is beautifully designed. Um, It's really nice to dive into. And I love that idea of having lots and lots of different suggestions of things that you can try because because some things will work for you, some won't. Some uh, might not kind of hit the spot when you're in a particular mood, the way that others might, depending on kind of what you need at that moment. So I think it's a lovely resource uh, to dip into. So if you're interested, check that out. Uh, And also we mentioned Claire's podcast. And yes, I joined her on her YouTube channel and on the podcast, uh, Mental Health Chats, to talk about youth 
mental health and spotting some of the the signs that there might be mental health concerns and that kind of thing so you can check that out the links are all in the show notes Uh, and I guess this is maybe a good time to talk about the kind of other half of what I do which I don't really talk about on the show at all but with my mental well-being coaching I work with children adolescents and adults um And I really enjoy working with young people. And it is something that I think I'm going to be doing more of in future. Uh, I've got an exciting project in uh, in the works, which I I won't tell you about yet, but stay tuned for (laughs) updates on that soon. Uh, Really getting into that youth mental well-being space. So it's something I'm really passionate about. It's kind of combining my coaching with my my sort of teaching background and time working with young people um, to really support them. And I mentioned at the beginning, actually, that we did the suicide panel last year that Claire joined us on. And so this year we will be doing a couple more panel discussions. So in June, stay tuned for one on men's mental health, um, which will come out, uh, will be broadcast live, eek, hopefully, <laughs> I'm crossing my fingers, um, during Men's Health Week, um, but also then come out as an episode. And we're looking to do a youth mental health panel as well, where we'll have, again, some familiar faces that I've spoken to on the show, um, who are young people or work with young people and and really diving into youth mental health. So if it's a, an area that you are keen to talk about or to learn more about, you can always send us questions um, and we'll be happy to have a go at answering them on the show. Uh, so you can email me hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H-S, at psyche, P-S-Y-K-H-E dot co dot U-K, um, and I will have a go at answering. Um, and again, if you're interested in exploring coaching and whether it will work for you or your child, uh, yes, as I said, I work with children, adolescents and adults, uh, all around mental well-being, sense of self, self-worth, identity, all of that fun stuff, stress, anxiety, depression, etc. Uh, then head over to www.psyche.co.uk and everything is on there about what I do and how you can work with me. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about, and this is something that I've definitely been thinking about a lot of late, <laughs> um, and you, if you listen, uh, if you've listened over the past few weeks to my kind of beginning and end of the podcast and kind of going, oh yeah, I'm doing really well, oh, <laughs> I'm not doing so well and all of that. And uh, when we recorded this with Claire, uh, as I'm sure you heard, I was like, yeah, I've been doing yoga every morning and um, I'm not, <laughs> I've not been uh, doing that every morning at the moment. Um, and I guess what I really wanted to to say is that we can get into these really great routines, morning, evening, day routines, really be nurturing ourselves, looking after our self-care. And that is amazing. And then life can happen. We can get really busy. Uh, we can have a dip in our moods. We can be in the middle of a pandemic. We can have a dip in our mental health. And it can be so easy to, to lose track of that and to drop that routine and I think when that happens it can be really easy to kind of beat ourselves up about it and and feel like oh I should be doing this I should be doing that or um and then we can kind of compound it and make ourselves feel worse I think by sort of beating ourselves up because we're not doing those things that we know are good for us uh, that we know work for us that we know people have told us are, are good for us and so I just wanted to spend um a moment on this um 
and and you know I kind of share openly about my own journey and sometimes things are great like when we recorded this and I'm like on it and I'm doing all this stuff and sometimes you know like March (laughs) where it's a bit of a funk in it and it's more difficult and you know we we always say it's not a one-size-fits-all so that's the first thing that when people are saying this is what you should do it's about figuring out what works for you and recognizing the signs for you, which is something sort of Claire was uh, saying in this and those top ups for yourself. It's figuring out what works for me. And, you know, exercise I talk about is something that does work for me, particular types of exercise. And maybe that doesn't work for you. And you, if you're kind of telling yourself, oh, I have to do this thing because it really works for people. And if it just doesn't work for you, then you're kind of fighting against yourself to make you do something that actually doesn't really make you feel better or um you think you should enjoy it and then you don't and then you you know feel all of that so it's it's really about taking a pause and thinking about what makes you feel better and those top ups for yourself so i think that's the first thing is is trying to cut through some of that noise about what we should do uh, i think sometimes in the self help kind of personal development industry there can be that message of like, if you want it bad enough, you will just make it happen. You will stick with it. You will. And, and I think that can be quite a harmful message actually, because, you know, I want to look after myself. I want to be nurturing myself and practicing self-care. And sometimes I'm just being lazy and can't be bothered to do it. That's fair enough. But I also have to be mindful of my own experience and that I am predisposed to the kind of depression side of things of withdrawing or kind of shutting down a little bit when things are tough or I'm feeling overwhelmed or overloaded and it's this delicate balance of not sitting in that and becoming a victim and becoming too identified with that so that I can give myself a bit of a push when when that feels okay but also cutting myself some slack sometimes that actually you know March I had a funk it was difficult I got through it I wasn't exercising in the morning I was eating way too much chocolate um I wasn't nurturing myself but that's kind of where I was at that time and I had to kind of get through it and then as we kind of come into April things have got a bit better the last week I have been having sort of like a set time to get up I've been trying to do a bit more movement in the in the morning Uh, I've been meditating in the evening kind of reading more um, and trying to just generally do more nurturing things and eat better so (laughs) we had a few nutrition focused episodes and I've put real effort into that and sleeping more which is a big thing for me so and and today I was back in the gym and so I'm feeling good at the moment I'm feeling like yeah I'm I'm on it I'm I'm doing it and and that's great and I'm feeling a lot more energy and maybe this time will be the magic time and I'll stick with it forever but really that's not been my experience (laughs) that when things are tough when I've got a lot on it just is maybe how it's how I'm wired I then um I don't know I maybe find it hard to stick to or whatever but just I guess it's there's something I think in here in a really garbled way about being kind to yourself and that it is okay if you you start off and you have an awesome couple of weeks and then life just kind of gives you a kick and you stop doing it 
And rather than beating yourself up and getting into a real negative, like, why can't I stick with it? Why can't I? It's just to kind of pick yourself up and, and start again. And I've been reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. And there's a bit in that about, you know, you can fail at something one day, but then like the next day, you 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 just, you're back on it, which I think is a great idea. But sometimes, um, you know, with mental health, it takes more than a day to get back on it. But I guess the sentiment is, that just because you've fallen off, you know, the wagon of going to the gym or healthy eating or, or whatever, it doesn't mean that you can't pick yourself up and start again and try again. And I guess I've noticed that pattern in myself over the last year of that doing it, slipping, do it. But when I beat myself up and make myself feel bad because I couldn't stick with it and I should be doing it, that's not helpful. It just ends up making me feel worse. And I think actually if I can have a little bit of kindness to myself and go, do you know what? I, I wasn't in a particularly great headspace and I allowed myself to get through it <laughs> in whatever way and, you know, to retreat a little bit or, you know, busy myself or whatever. But now I feel like I can push myself a bit more and I can start adding some of those things back in. And I guess it's that grace towards yourself, but also knowing that, you can have a week where you're not doing it or a month or whatever. You can still pick yourself up and start again. And and I think there's something really, I say beautiful, I don't know if beautiful is, but there's something really great in giving yourself that permission um, that it doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It doesn't mean you're not loving yourself and looking after yourself because you've not been making the air quotes best choices of, of what lots of people say I think it's knowing yourself and um yeah that it's, it's okay to kind of fall but you can pick yourself up and sometimes it feels like you're doing that a lot <laughs> and maybe over time it gets easier and the, the periods in between are less I don't know but I guess my point I don't know what my point is was just to share some thoughts on this but I guess it's that you can you know, keep picking yourself up and it might seem or it might feel like it's it's failing and that you have to keep restarting. But I think there is so much resilience and strength in being able to do that in being able to kind of come back to yourself and go, yes, okay, we're gonna we're gonna sort of reset and start again and that we can do that and kind of keep doing that as many times as it takes. And I can guarantee over the next year we're going to do this cycle again where I'll be like, yeah, I am on it. And then like, oh, it's been a bit of a funk. And then like, whoa, I'm on it. And then because that's life. And and I guess, I don't know, I'm just sort of getting by <laughs> whatever way I can. But I just wanted to share those thoughts. If you, you know, hear all that stuff about, you know, just do this and everything will be awesome. And uh, if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. And um all of those messages, which I think mean well and can be really motivating, but can be really harmful if you are struggling with your mental health, um, particularly depression, um, I think, but any mental health. But I think, um, yeah, I'm going to just finish with my usual ending, which I think is, um, it's become like a little catchphrase, a little thing I always use, but I feel so true that, you know, take care of yourself, what, whatever that looks like to you and it will be different at different times be kind to yourself um 
which is sometimes easier said than done but uh yeah try and be kind to yourself and um yeah thank you for for being here for tuning in and I would love to know if any of this conversation with Claire and my ramblings at the end has resonated uh, with you drop me an email connect with us online at psyche coaching at psykhe coaching I love to hear from you and and to hear you know what you're taking from uh, from the show um, and thank you for you know for being here I really appreciate you tuning in each week um, or for the first time and listening to the end through all my ramblings. Uh, so thank you so much. It does really mean so much that you are here and giving up some of your valuable time to listen to the show. Uh, I really hope you've got something from it. Um, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another fab episode when we're diving into uh, all kinds of things, but friendship being one of them as well. So I really hope that you will join us again then. Until then, I say it again, even though I just talked about it, take care of yourself be kind to yourself and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now.